June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next, because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. On our last episode... Hey, where's Joey? Have you heard from Joey? This isn't like him to not call me back. There's something really wrong. A beloved young man gone missing. There's six or seven million people in New York City and they cross paths with us. His name, Joey Cominelli, a 26-year-old man with an army of friends and his whole future ahead of him. He had led a charmed life with few missteps until the early morning hours of Sunday, November 13th when he went to a party in the Grand Sutton, a luxury complex on New York's east side. He is last seen walking into the building. We see him come back into the building. And what did that say to you? They're lying. There's a problem here. Within 24 hours, Joey's dad, Pat, filed a missing persons report with the 17th Precinct in Manhattan, and cops were taking the case seriously. They knew that at least three other men, all in their 20s, had been at that party. James Rackover, who lived there, Max Gemma, and Larry DeLeon. DeLeon claimed that Joey Cominelli had left the party to walk some young women to an Uber and had never returned. But that story was contradicted by building surveillance video. Finally, on Tuesday, November 15th, two days after Cominelli disappeared... De Leon began talking to police. The party at the apartment, he said, had been lively. There was cocaine and plenty of drinking. On one woman's cell phone video, De Leon and James Rackover are seen dancing. They're even competing to see who could give the best lap dance. The women left by 6.45 a.m. And that's when cameras captured De Leon and Joey Cominelli walking back into the building and up to apartment 4C. James Rackover and Max Gemma were both inside. Reporter Murray Weiss picks up the story. Larry DeLeon tells the police he has an exchange of words with Joey Comunale that Joey says something like, James got the cocaine, you know, I got the cigarettes, what have you brought to the table? And kind of pounded his hand on a table. And Larry DeLeon admitted to the police 
that he just flew into a rage and slammed Joey, knocked him down and hit him a few times. Dillion says his friend Max Gemma on the couch slept through it all, but he says Rackover, a boxing fan who took pride in his chiseled physique, jumped right in. And according to Larry, James starts also beating the crap out of Joey, who's now defenseless and gurgling because he can't hardly breathe. That's Bob Abrams, an attorney working with the Commonale family. He has heard DeLeon's recorded confession. He claims that after he had beaten a defenseless Joey and almost killed him, Max woke up. They got so very nervous because Racco was now beating the crap out of Joey that they would do anything Racco was said. And this is really difficult for me to talk about because what they did and how they did it is just so horrific. What's not clear is why the fight started. All of Joey's friends describe him as a peacemaker, the guy who stopped fights. But once this fight started, Joey never had a chance. DeLeon says Rackover then began stabbing him. The stabbing ended Joey's life. DeLeon says Gemma left the apartment and had no involvement in the murder. But he says Rackover dragged Joey's lifeless body into the bathroom and then tried to cover up the crime. He tries to dismember him with a serrated knife. Dismembering somebody is not an easy thing to do. And Rackover was not able to do it. While the two men, DeLeon and Rackover, plotted their next move, they began a frenzied cleanup of the apartment. They mopped up Joey's blood with bleach and paper towels. And keep in mind, they are doing this while Joey's father and friends are all calling, asking, where is Joey? All so cold-blooded. You're talking to Larry DeLeon, and your son's still in the apartment. And they act like there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Incredibly, evidence shows that sometime during the cleanup, Rackover and DeLeon took time out to eat, placing a delivery order. Then, as shown on building surveillance cameras, they explored the basement, looking, police say, for a way to get Joey's body out of the Grand Sutton without being seen. And then... It is totally insane. As dark descended on Sunday night, DeLeon claimed he moved Joey's body, now wrapped in a comforter, to the ledge of Rackover's fourth floor window, while Rackover moved his Mercedes-Benz into position on East 59th Street. Communale family lawyer, Bob Abrams. When Rackover gave him the class sign, DeLeon pushed the body uh, out of the window, four floors. And nobody saw it? We're, we're talking about a upscale apartment, midtown Manhattan, and nobody saw it? The Grand Sutton faces the Queensboro Bridge in Manhattan, and it was dark. It fell into an area where there may have been some bushes and concrete. And then when nobody was looking, after De Leon came back down, they stuffed the body into the trunk of the car and then they drove off. They drove Joey's body to Oceanport, New Jersey, De Leon's hometown, some 60 miles from Manhattan. There, De Leon and Rackover took Joey's body out to a wooded area behind a florist shop. He admits to helping take the body 
and to participate in throwing the body and uh, digging. I don't want to call it a grave because it's not a grave, a hole, but right before they were going to cover up the hole, uh, Rackover took gasoline and started to pour it over Joey's body and, in fact, did light Joey's body on fire. After DeLeon's confession, police raced out to Oceanport. They discovered Joey's body in a field behind the florist shop, exactly where DeLeon said it would be. Two hours later, Sergeant Yeoman Castro of the New York 17th Police Precinct arrived at Pat Cominale's home in Stamford, Connecticut. You heard a car door close? It popped up. And I saw Detective uh, Castro. I already knew. Yeah. Bro, bro, what happened that night? Did you do it? James Rackover and Larry DeLeon were arrested and charged with second-degree murder and jailed. What happened early Sunday morning? Max Gemma, the third man at the Sutton Place party, was arrested later. DeLeon told police that Gemma was not involved in the killing. So Gemma was charged with hindering prosecution and tampering with physical evidence and he was granted bail. All three men pleaded not guilty. Even Larry DeLeon, he later challenged his confession, saying police had ignored him when he informed them he had a lawyer. The murder remained a mystery. Why kill a complete stranger? But the story got even more twisted when investigators discovered that James Rackover the privileged son of a celebrity jeweler, had something he was hiding, a dark past. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. James Rackover wasn't really James Rackover, was he? No. It just seemed like there was always more to learn about James. More terrible things. To the outside world, James Rackover was a wealthy young heir and would-be model living in the lap of luxury on Sutton Place. Instead... Police say James Rackover is also this man, James Bowden from Broward County. He's actually an ex-con from Florida, a world away from that understated wealth of Sutton Place. And James Bodine had a rap sheet dating back to his teens. He spent nearly a year and a half in prison for second-degree burglary. Three months after his release in September 2013, after moving to New York, he reportedly met Jeffrey Rackover, the celebrity jeweler, at a gym. They were both working out, and they kind of hit it off. Veteran crime reporter Murray Weiss, now a producer for 48 Hours, 
said the multimillionaire bachelor, then in his mid-50s, soon invited the 22-year-old James to live with him in his lavish Grand Sutton apartment on the 32nd floor. And if anyone asked why the two were suddenly living together, Jeffrey explained it this way. Jeffrey Rackover told his closest friends and, in fact, his relatives that one day there was a knock on his door and a young man was standing at the door and said, you don't know me, but I'm your son. Jeffrey even took the extraordinary step of allowing James to change his last name to Rackover. James claimed he was Jeffrey's biological son. These are the documents for name change, and in it, they put this in a legal document. James Rackover said Jeffrey Rackover is his biological father. He lied in this document, didn't he? James lied in that document, and Jeffrey Rackover confirmed the information. They're not related. They are not related. Abrams alleges that there was a sexual relationship between the two, but Jeffrey Rackover's lawyer categorically denies that. What's more, James's defense attorneys, Rob Caliendo and Maurice Sirkars, say they've only seen a father-son relationship. Jeffrey Rackover provided structure in the life of this young man. Jeffrey paid for James's education and helped him find a job. He even paid James's nearly $4,000 a month rent when in early 2016, James moved into apartment 4C at the Grand Sutton. After James was arrested for Joey Cominelli's murder, Jeffrey Rackover paid at least initially for James's defense attorney. What does James Rackover face if he's convicted of all charges? He faces spending the rest of his life in jail. Charged with second-degree murder and other crimes, James Rackover went on trial first, before Larry DeLeon and Max Gemma. His attorney, Sirkars, fought to save him, claiming that James is only guilty of covering up a murder, not committing one. You were asking this jury to separate the murder from other pretty terrible acts, trying to cut up the body, getting rid of the body, burying the body, burning the body. It is tough, but but they are separate things. Rackover's attorneys blame Larry DeLeon for the murder. Opening statements today in the murder trial of James Rackover. James Rackover was tried in October 2018. Jeffrey, once his biggest supporter and surrogate father, did not appear in the court. But Joey Cominelli's friends and family packed the courtroom every day. What's been the worst part? Every day. Joey's father, Pat, was the first witness, and his emotional testimony quieted the courtroom. I know it affected the jury. It affects the jury in any murder case. Prosecutors described James Rackover as a monstrously callous killer, playing this phone call recorded in jail where James brags to a friend. I don't know if you've been following this, but I start trial in September, so I'm looking at being home around October-ish. My breath's going to be up there, bro. Like, my weight's going to oh, be yes. up when I hit the street. They're going to be like, yo, this kid just fucking beat this shit, like Rocky, and he's home? Oh, my God. Yeah, Two of the women at the after party with Joey took the stand, but parts of their testimony actually helped the defense. One woman told the jury that she saw DeLeon brandishing a knife. He was using it to do coke off of. The women uh, painted a picture of him being pretty quick to 
use this knife for any variety of tasks. And James's defense lawyers also point out that he had everything to lose by killing Joey. He would lose his good life. James knew that if Jeffrey ever found out that a dead body had been discovered in his apartment, that was the end of their relationship. And that had to be factored into account as well when you consider why James felt so compelled to get that body out of the apartment. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. After more than a week of testimony, prosecutors have put on a strong case proving the cover-up but had nothing that directly pointed to James Rackover as Joey's killer. They seemed to need something more. And sure enough, they announced that they had a star witness who was going to take the stand. That witness was Louis Ruggiero, a close friend of James Rackover, reporter Murray Wise. The new witness turned out to be the troubled son of a very, very popular New York television morning anchor woman named Rosanna Scotto. Good day, New York. I'm Rosanna Scotto. Popular and well-connected, Rosanna Scotto is as hometown as New York gets. And her 24-year-old son told the court that he met James because of his mother's friendship with the jeweler Jeffrey Rackover. The day after Joey Cominelli's murder, Ruggiero said he was working out at the gym when James called him, desperate to talk. Louis testified that James looked strung out. He had bags under his eyes. And he said that James told him, I've done something awful. There was a kid in the apartment. Larence de Leon got into a fight with him, kind of knocked him out. And then James says, I got my own licks in there. And I didn't want a dead body in my apartment. So I slit his throat. We then put him in a comforter, threw him out the window drove him 60 miles and buried him in a grave. And then he adds, don't worry about it because I bleach clean the entire apartment and nobody will know about it. Ruggiero testified that he thought James was just making a sick joke. But the reaction in the courtroom was very different. Gasps came out of half of the room that was filled with Joey's family and friends. You could see the jurors actually recoil when he used the word, I slit his throat. It was a stunning moment because Ruggiero was the first witness who directly implicated James Rackover in Joey Cominelli's murder. The testimony by Mr. Ruggiero was very damaging. And defense attorney Maurice Sirkars maintains that Ruggiero's testimony was riddled with factual errors. Rackover's attorneys tried to put holes in the testimony attacking the witness, attorney Robert Caliendo. 
Ruggiero testified that my client slit his throat. Joseph Cominale did not have his throat slit. Ruggiero admitted on the stand that he had been spending $1,200 a day on marijuana, Oxycontin, Xanax, and cocaine. And he never called police to tell them about James' confession. There were a number of reasons to think that Mr. Ruggiero might not be the person you want to hang the hat of a murder conviction on. In his closing argument, defense attorney Sirkars had one last surprise. Four minutes of video where James is seen in a building elevator and then in Jeffrey Rackover's bedroom where Jeffrey is sleeping. Attorney Sirkars argued that in those four minutes when James was not in apartment 4C, DeLeon alone killed Joey. Four minutes is plenty of time. After 10 days of witness testimony and evidence, it's up to the jury to decide. Just got to get justice. That's really it. Now it's a waiting game. On Friday, November 2nd, 2018, after nearly five hours of deliberations and nearly two years after Joey's murder, the jury reached a verdict. The former James Bodine of Florida, now James Rackover from New York, was convicted on all counts for the murder of Joey Cominale. The verdict was greeted with relief and tears. I want to thank the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. I couldn't be more proud of the NYPD and all Joey's friends and everybody else who supported us over the last two years. I can't wait to get these other two sons of bitches to go down just like this asshole. Part of my language. Rackover got a life sentence. In January 2019, Larry DeLeon took a deal in exchange for 23 years in prison. A month later, Max Gemma, who pleaded guilty to hindering prosecution, was sentenced to six months in jail. It's over for everyone, except those who love Joey Cominelli. Girlfriend Elisa Libretto has only memories. I definitely thought I was going to marry him one day, honestly. Um, he was just a beautiful person inside and out, and I, my life without him has been crazy. Joey's mother, Lisa, can barely speak about her only son. Oh, just miss him every day. As a way of remembering Joey, his father, Pat, got a tattoo with the number nine, which is the number Joey always wore when he played sports. Good to see you. So your son's always going to be with you. Yeah. I said, I don't want him. You better make sure it looks just like him. And it does. Yeah, honestly, I never saw the kid cry. Never one time. It's ironic. I'm making up for it. Yeah, he was a special kid. He really was. Joey Cominelli's disappearance and death in 2016 was first covered by the tabloid newspapers as just a drug deal gone bad, and they focused more on James Rackover and his secret life. They got it wrong, really wrong. Joey Cominelli mattered. His only mistake, he was too trusting. His death was a terrible loss to his family and friends who will never be the same.
I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and that's my life of crime. A special thanks to the 48 Hours team, as well as my producers Sam Egan, Alan Pang, and CBS Audio. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CBS Life of Crime. We'll see you next time. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital edition wherever you get your books. Listen to the 48 Hours podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real-life dramas from one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award-winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts.